You are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. This is Communication Part 2. Last week, we um, did a little intro into communication, but this week we're going to go a little deeper and discuss it a little more fully because this is a vast topic, Charlie. Like, this is is huge. And I think um, success, personal success in relationships, but also success in ministry and in your job, uh, a lot of it hinges on good quality communication. What are your thoughts on that? Well, as we were going uh, back from last week's podcast, again, we're repeating this, that the old adage is better to ask forgiveness and permission is not something to practice. It's a joke. It is a joke. Well, it gets us in trouble actually. Yes. It's, more it's, than anything else. And, and what we're doing there is a lot of times that saying is because there was a lack of communication. We didn't prepare ahead of time and communicate effectively on the front end. So we're just like on the back end, like we're just going to do what we want to do regardless of the consequences. And sometimes the consequences are not good. And and (laughs) that's, you said that very well, sometimes (laughs) not good at all. This this issue of communication or lack of communication or poor communication or needing to develop good communication skills. When we talk about this, uh, we're, we're talking to the vast majority of people that that number one are are early on in ministry, mm-hmm. very early on in ministry, the first ten years of their ministry or much less, mm-hmm. and it takes years to really craft your voice. Mm-hmm. How do you connect with people? What is the voice that you use and be comfortable with your voice mm-hmm. and learning all of these, you know, tricks and tips and, and learning your lessons. We, the vast majority of people that are in youth ministry are volunteers. They're working a full-time job. And all of a sudden now you're supposed to move over and, and jump into this world. And there's no world like the ministry world. Mm-hmm. Where, where communication is all over the map. It, it is just such a unique zone in our, our life. It's so different than the business world or the medical world or, right, or, right. or the regular academic world in schools. I mean, there's similarities, of course there are. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, we do these podcasts because we want to help people like in these areas that, you know, are just underdeveloped. And listen, taking a course in communication in college is not the same thing no, not as all. learning how to connect to with people, people in real life. Now, there are some things that, that coming back from the first podcast that we just want to highlight too, is that some people are really natural at it. Yeah, they're just gifted. You know, they can talk to a fence post and they, that <laughs> fence post would accept the Lord. You know, I mean, it would be like, 
you know, I wasn't around anybody. There's nobody there, but you know, five birds and a, and a, you know, giraffe and a donkey came up and next thing you know, they're all like listening to what I'm saying. I mean, we know people like that, that it's like, it doesn't, if there's nobody to listen, they're talking to something. Mm-hmm. And then there's others. It's like, man, they're great listeners. They listen so well. And, and they, they hear you. And when you're speaking they're they're engaged and they nod. We need to be both. We need to craft our communication as a speaker and as a listener. And as a listener. Yeah. So both are equally important. They love each other. I agree. And I think sometimes one of the things that are that's lost in the communication process too is, like you mentioned, the whole thing about listening, um, but asking good questions too. Um, what are the questions that you need to ask to get communication out of others so that you're in the, I mean, communication is a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. It's, it, it's a, it's a back and forth. And there's sometimes you need to communicate information to others. And then you need to get information from a, a different group of people. Mm-hmm. And so, and for the the ministry, for the church to be effective in reaching our community, you can't, you can't do it without, without great effective communication. So, Charlie, you know, last week you mentioned this whole thing about the five love languages. And, you know, the five love languages is a book written by Gary Chapman. And obviously there's five love languages. So we're just going to list those five love languages. Just so our listening to the audience, if they haven't read that book or haven't discussed this idea about the five love languages, this will just get them to be a little bit more familiar with that. So number one, words of affirmation. That's that's my love language. And that can be verbal compliments. It could be uh, a handwritten note. It could be a text. It could be an email. But it's words that are encouraging, words that are uplifting. The second one is quality time. And that can be quality conversations. That can be uh, just doing stuff together. Um, that could be playing games. That's, that's simply, you know, being together, but that that being together is is quality. So quality times number two. Number three, receiving gifts. Um, this is actually one of my lowest love languages. I hate to give gifts. I'm trying to, Charlie, I'm trying to talk my family into, let's go spend time together and experience an adventure over Christmas and not give any gifts. Let's go do an adventure together and I'll pay for it. I'll pay for everything, you know, but let's go do an adventure together. But that's my love language. Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather have words of affirmation and quality time versus gifts. But some of my kids, they're all about like giving gifts and receiving gifts. And that's kind of stealing their joy. Mm -hmm. Not being able to give gifts is, is stealing their joy. So three is gift giving. Four is acts of service. So it's doing things for people. It's serving others, which is super cool, which is awesome. Uh, and it's an amazing gift. And f- the fifth love language is physical touch. You know, that's the hugs. It's the side hugs. It's the high fives. It's the bumps. It's the handshakes, the pats on the back. So those are five love languages. It's a great book. If you haven't read that by Gary Chapman. And I think it really helps us to understand not only yourself, we talked about last week, and also this idea of understanding others. Where are they coming from and how can we communicate clearly to them so that we are building relationships with them in a positive way? And we understand, like somebody's saying, hey, hey, uh, Eddie and Charlie, this Gary Chapman wrote that in, in context of, right. uh, of an interpersonal relationship with right. a loved one. Yeah. 
So we we get that. We know that you know uh, uh, that's what the book was written for. But we we just, we're making some parallels, I, and I think there's some good parallels. Yeah, there's some really good parallels, and we're we're very aware. Like the last one, number five. I mean, you know, we we're not saying, hey, you need to find someone. You know, they they like to be hugged, and and obviously we get you know the context of ministry, and and that's a very mm-hmm. very unique one that that you know we you have to walk you have to be very careful very carefully so high fives are yes. a great uh, avenue for physical touch yeah, a fist but i mean a fist so we, bump. we get that yeah. but we we just have to understand humans mm-hmm. it's about understanding human beings yeah absolutely you know one of the things i did on this whole idea of physical touch because it's got to be appropriate physical touch for the context yeah. when i would speak at a camp and i when the service was done and, you know, the, they, they're dismissed. I would kind of position myself at that main door, whatever that main door is, and just right outside that main door and literally just hold my hands up and it's just high fives nonstop. Mm-hmm. And just trying to connect with the audience in as many ways you possibly can. Felt like almost like a politician, as many handshaking high fives mm-hmm. you possibly can. But it's a way to connect with your audience physically not just that eye, not just being up front, not just the eye contact, not that me just talking, they're listening, but it's an opportunity for me to be with the people and do those high fives. It was a very small example of physical touch with your audience. It's yes. appropriate. So as we dig into this, we're going to go right into our top 10. Let's do this. And as we do this, uh, we're, we're also very aware that we cannot rely on any one method of communication. If you're really good at Facebook, that that's great. You need that. Mm-hmm. You you need Instagram. You need all all avenues are good avenues, but you need a consistent voice in all avenues. Mm-hmm. We, we people are like well, you know, only old people are on Facebook. That's not true, and a lot of people aren't on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it it just can't be one, one or thing. the other. There has to be this consistency across all platforms mm-hmm. and avenues spaces, if you will, that you connect and communicate. So number one is the easiest one. Obviously the students in your church, like who, do you know the students in your church? What, how do they hear you? Mm. In what ways do they hear you? How do they hear you? When do they hear you? Um, it's, it's getting to know your specific group. And it is so classic to assume that this group is the same as the group that I was with before. We know that ministry is itinerant. We know that you people go from different groups or, or you move to a different location or a different church or you're part of a different ministry or you're in the same ministry, but there's a new group of people that are coming up through the ministry and they have a different way of hearing. How do you connect, understand your local group? Yeah, and there's different, like you're talking about, different avenues or spaces in which you you can communicate to each of these groups based on your target audience. But that specific group that you are in charge of or that ministry you oversee, how do you effectively communicate to them? How are they hearing the information they need to hear in order to participate in the local congregation, in that local ministry, whether it's an event, whether it's camp, whether it's a retreat, whether it's a missions trip, whether it's like going down to a, a you know the the Reds baseball game, or what or the services on Wednesday night, 
or Sunday night or small groups? Like, how are you effectively communicating what's happening in uh, your ministry to your constituents, your target audience? Mm-hmm. And, and if there's, if they don't know, right? If, if the people that are part of your core of your ministry don't know what's going on, then there's a problem with communication. Mm-hmm. One thing I wrote down here is, is a couple tips. Number one, if, if I love football, I can't use sports illustrations in every, in every context. I mean, I Cause can't, not everybody likes sports. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, that's just one. You have to be very understanding of the group of people that you're with and, and what things connect and communicate. You know, when you're in a, in an urban setting versus a very rural setting, I mean, there's different things and we have a tendency to become myopic in the areas that really matter to us, to us and not take into consideration who we're speaking to. And so in your communication, as far as how do you help them know what's happening, what's going on, when things are taking place, mm-hmm. there's a little trick here in the communication with, with your students, you got to understand their world. Mm-hmm. So it means that their school calendar is also your calendar. Mm-hmm. And so not only do you, you have, have to, to know that you have to know what they're doing every day. Yeah. What are, what are the events that they're involved in, mm-hmm. whether it's sports or band or plays or musicals, or clubs, or the academic calendar, or in prom, or I mean, you just fill in fill in the calendar of what's happening. The school calendar is their calendar. The 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 season calendar. I mean, it's so different. I I I loved you know the the to mix about like scheduling and organizing things in in the Midwest versus the West Coast. Yeah, it's very different. Uh, it, it, it's like and what they value is different. Yeah, and and the things that are available. Right. I mean, I remember having Christmas dinner one year in San Diego and we were sitting out and it was so hot and it was about 88 degrees. And and we're sitting at this outdoor restaurant with palm trees blowing in the air. And it's like, wow, mm. this is way different. <laughs> You know, then, then Marion, Indiana, then a year ago, Roanoke, know, Virginia. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're up in Michigan and you're in two feet of snow or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and what people are doing, how they function, their rhythm, their social rhythms, their community rhythm. So you have to understand your students and what matters to them right now, because really what's going on in their life is different than what's going on in the other nine categories that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And what is, going on you have to be aware yeah you could do an event and let's say uh, oh about the first of may and uh you have a high school event and you're like why didn't anybody show up well it happened to be prom night and you just have that on your calendar that that's what was going on and right. and and if you're, you're just not aware of what they're interested in and what's they're involved in and and what they value you could totally miss it you also have to understand the pace of social media. Mm. Now I was joking around at this camp and I tried to get somebody to throw me the woe. And they're like, Oh, that's so like last year. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember like I was on this boat, you know, at this camp in 2019 and, and you know, it's at this camp, you know, without tubing. And I was like one of the, I got, I hung out on the boat most of the afternoon. 
you know, and throwing, you know, yelling at people. So I got to be on the water while, you know, groups are transitioning on and off and people are way out there. And, and, you know, we were throwing the woe nonstop 2019. Like really. You're so old. Are you joking me? You're so behind. Yeah. Just, just so the pace of, of what is in the pace, of what's happening, the language. Yeah. Uh, it just, everything is moving so fast. So rapidly. And, and language is a huge part of that. And so if you, you know, if you make fun of yourself now, I was trying to, you know, trying to be silly, you know, and, and I got the exact response I was hoping for, mm-hmm. but you have to be aware of what's happening you do. around you. And, and I can remember 22 years old as a green, fresh youth pastor. And I remember thinking, Bro, I will never be out of touch with what these students are interested in. Never. Their music interest, you know, the the language, the culture. I mean, I'm going to always be fresh and on top of things. But, you know, things change in your own life. You, all of a sudden, you don't value those kinds of things. And I can remember having different groups of students, and I said, listen, you got to educate me. You know, you got to educate me on your culture, like all the time, your culture, your language, the values, the preferences, what's in, what's not, what's hot, whatever, just so that I can be able to communicate effectively on a Wednesday night in a message so that they're not discounting me. I know that sounds stupid, right? But I just wanted to be informed on what are they dealing with? What is happening in their lives? What's important to them? And how can, I mean, I can't, I can't effectively communicate the gospel unless I understand what they value and what they don't value or the pressures that they're going through. And I, I had to almost have like students constantly telling me or informing me so that I can effectively communicate the gospel to not just the core or leadership, but also the fringe and the visitor. And we'll say this to y'all. Lessons we've learned too. Being you authentically. Yes. You, yes. Is critical and core. It is. Knowing what's going on. You can't on pretend. There can be no thing. pretenders. Right. We're, we're, we're not saying try to stay young. No, it, it is be you, be authentically you, be aware. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Yeah, we don't have to act like 16 year olds. Right. So we can be us, but we can be aware of what's, what they're going through and what's happening in their lives. You know, um, now, now it doesn't mean that you won't be accused of being, uh, acting like a 16 year old. Some, some personalities, you know, you, you might have that vibe where where you, you just really connect with it, with a group of people Mm -hmm. and you happen to be silly. Mm -hmm. Have fun. That doesn't mean that you're, you're not acting your age. And that, that's the one thing we would just really want to say when it comes to this group too. It, it, it's be loving and kind to each other and other people in ministry because it, it's like, it, it's not like you have to, Oh, once you hit a certain age number, now you, you can't have fun. You mm-hmm, can't mm-hmm. joke around. I mean, honestly, there's some people who are 24 years old that are going on 60. Uh, uh, yeah. There's some people who are 60 Absolutely. that, that, are still very youthful. Yeah. It it is like that, that just might be their personality, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, and it's not even fair to say you're 24 and you're going out. You've heard those expressions. It's like, no, that they're not going to jump up and down, Mm -hmm. you know, during a song Mm -hmm. and they're not going to, 
You don't want to. It's just not their personality. And they're going to want to run around and, and jump in the pond. I mean, that, that doesn't mean you're not effective mm-hmm. at all. It means you know you and you know them and you know how to bridge the gap. That's good. It's a great point. All right. Can we keep on rolling? Let's go. Let's keep rolling. Number two. This, number two is parents. Okay. We've, so talked, we've, we've talked about this parent yes. thing. If we miss this, we're in trouble. Yeah. You got to communicate to the students. You got to connect with the parents. They just simply want to know what's going on. They want to know what's happening and why it's happening and where it's happening mm-hmm. and when it's happening, how much it's going to cost. You've got to communicate constantly to parents. You have to communicate about activities. You have to communicate about the, the life and the growth of their students. They mm-hmm. want to know mm-hmm. if spiritual things happened. Mm-hmm. They want to know what happened at camp. They want to be a part of that. Like we've said before in the other podcast, the, the parents love those kids, you know, their kids more than you More do. than we will ever love them. Now we, here's, we, we don't even have the capacity to here, love them like a parent does. Here's a little bit of a rant or, or this is not emphatic. This is just a thought. Kind of throw a thought out there. Absolutely. Let's go. Make sure you include parents in on those amazing spiritual moments and decisions students make. In fact, I'm going to suggest that you consider what happens at youth camp and if a student makes a deep spiritual commitment to Jesus Christ, oh, you celebrate that. You communicate with the parents. That's good. But at the same time, there are things that the family needs to be a part of. And if you have a chance to do a baptism at a camp, I suggest that mm. you don't unless the parents are there. So they can participate in the process. It, they I, want to. They want to see that. They want to be a part of that. That's right. Maybe maybe one of the parents or both parents want to help in the baptism itself. They're at, we're talking about adolescence. I'm not talking about spontaneous baptisms, you know, in, in church ministry or culture ministry with people or adults, even though that should be a consideration as well. I'm just saying, think about this. Just consider this, that one of those most sacred things that we have, the body of Christ, like, being baptized. Mm -hmm. And I I've been with parents that grieved. Yeah. That they missed out that they weren't, they didn't get to be part of that. And, and it didn't have to happen. Hey, they got this happened in their life. We're going to go down to the pool and get everybody baptized. I, I understand people's thought process and all of that. I just am asking you to consider. Think about waiting, how you can include that sacrament. In the context of the family. Yes. That's all yeah. I'm saying about that. And I, I think, you know, when you communicate with parents, there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, you know, email is a, is, a, is an effective way with adults to communicate. And I think they need to know, like you talked about, a six-month calendar, a year cal- a calendar, a year in advance, or six months at least in advance so they can put it on their family calendar and they know what's going on. But like you said, especially when you have major spiritual events or you've got a specific topic that could be a little bit touchy that you're going to talk on on Wednesday night, you know, whether that's kind of a, 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 a love marriage sex series with teenagers, you got to get them in the loop on those sensitive topics. Or, or you're going to talk about like uh, same gender attraction. You need to get them in the loop on those conversations. And, I, and, and one of the things that, 
that I really appreciated. I always had parents as an integral part of, of the ministry I was involved in because I, I needed their feedback. I, I, I was a parent at the time, but I wasn't a parent of teenagers. Mm-hmm. So I needed to have their feedback on what they're going through and what was important to them. And then uh, uh, not only their feedback, but they became also like our greater, our greatest supporters when it came to getting information out to other parents. And if a parent maybe was, was a little upset with something that we did or a decision, they could explain, here's the process that we went with in terms of making this decision. And, and it was, it was, it, 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 it was very thoughtful process. And here's why. And it was great for that to come from a parent versus maybe a youth pastor who was 27 and had two little kids. But I didn't have, I, I wasn't a parent of teenagers yet. It's, it's just a different life cycle. Mm-hmm. And I, we need that feedback from parents. And how are you getting that feedback? And how are you communicating effectively what's going on in your ministry? Parents are not the problem. No. Parents are not the enemy. Yeah, we can't afford to make parents the enemy. No, that is not okay. Don't abide that kind of conversation, Mm -hmm. especially when a parent doesn't like the decision you made, doesn't like something that you're doing. They're not the problem. They love their kids. They would give their life for their kids. Right, and they need to be included on what's happening mm-hmm. and help them see what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I guarantee the vast majority of them will celebrate it. They mm-hmm. really want something. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a parent just recently that didn't want their student being involved with an activity that we were doing. And my conversation with them is, you know what? You're the parent and we respect and honor your place and leadership in the life of that student, and we will honor you. We will and we'll support you. And support you. And I think the student was kind of like wanting me to convince their parent. Right. And it's like, no, I don't, my job is not. To create division in the family. You know, how it, How terrible. That's so, that's sick. It's arrogance yeah. to think that we know best and not the family. Exactly. You know, and we're not talking about the vast extreme situation. We're not talking about morality. Yeah. We're not talking about biblical principles. Yeah. We're talking about preferences here. Yeah. You know, and sometimes age appropriate and sometimes they don't want, you know, their 13 or 14 year old to be exposed to something at that stage in their life. And that's okay. So you have parents that let their kids have cell phones when they're six yes. years old. Um, I, some people it's like, I don't want my you know, son or daughter to hold a cell phone or even look at social media. Right. It's all over the map. Yeah. It's everywhere. And so we have to be so wise when it comes to how do you support the family communication? Yep. And by the way, if you think you've communicated enough, you have it. <laughs> it's just constant. It, it is. You know, it is uh, constant. I thought, I thought, okay. Every one of these players on this team, I mean, they've been playing football since they were little kids, peewee, middle school, high school. Now they're at D1 college and their coach is Lou Holtz, the famous <laughs> football, famous coach. football coach, national titles, Notre Dame famous. Now he's at South Carolina and, and he took a team that was 0 and 12 and now 
they just are getting ready to play Clemson. And if they win that game, they're, they're going to a major bowl game. What a turnaround. And I sat in this private room with the players only, several of the coaches. I was, I was a guest doing a chapel there. Mm-hmm. And I heard him say things that you would expect to be communicated to elementary kids. Right. And what he did was helping them understand what the foundation is. He consistently repeated important things over mm. and, over, and again. over again. That's good. We can't, with communication, when we assume, when we begin to assume that they know, that's when we get in trouble because we can't ever make assumptions. That's where communication breaks down is when we, when we make assumptions, uh, all of a sudden we're trying to put ourselves in other people's positions or seats and just think they know. And that is not the case. And that's why Lou Holtz always went back to the basics and repeated, and great coaches do that. John Wooden did that and repeated the basic principles over and over and over again until they knew it in their sleep. And we have to do the same thing. I mean, that's part of the gospel, communicating the gospel over and over and over again, communicating basic principles of discipleship over and over and over again. We can't assume that they know. This is going to bleed into another podcast coming soon. But uh, when you communicate consistently with parents and with students, you're helping set culture. I, yeah, that's, that's a great point. You are beginning to set, lay the foundations to a culture mm-hmm. that you want. Mm-hmm. And if you don't communicate clearly, if you don't- The things that you value. Help them understand- emphasize those things, celebrate those things, then you're allowing uh, by default a DNA and culture to be established, but it's by default, not by design. And we have to do it by design. One more before we uh, end this. Number podcast. three. One more three. Next to parents. Yes. Next to students and parents is volunteers. Good. How do you connect with volunteers in a way that best help them maximize their potential? Put them in positions to succeed. Mm-hmm. That's a tough thing about communication with volu- volunteers. Mm-hmm. You're trying to help them win. What is their language? Mm-hmm. What are their gifts and talents? And how do they mesh? Are you being consistent with them so they're not surprised? Remember how many times people would show up sometimes. It's like, hey, what's this week? Yeah, what's going on? It's like, hey, what's man, going on this week? Just love the kids. Just run around. Do you? They need, they need more communication than that. Yes, they they need direction. And especially sometimes like if, if, you know, a lot of, a lot of youth groups set up where they're doing small groups after, at the end of the service, you, you move from worship to the message to small groups. If you haven't communicated what the small groups topic is, what the questions are, and you just expect right before that small group time, you're handing out like a few questions and we're, we're not helping them succeed. We do that. So there's a preparation part to that. There's communication part to that. But remember, when we're working with with volunteers, all of a sudden we are serving them in a way that is we are giving them opportunities uh, of to serve, but also responsibilities. We're now there to help them succeed. So how can we help them succeed if we don't communicate effectively with them 
Uh, and that includes training, that includes giving them responsibilities, that includes giving them authority to do those responsibilities. And all through that process is very clear, distinct communication. And once all that's happened, now your job is to celebrate, is to cheerlead. Yeah, to be the cheerleader and celebrate them. So again, we send out a corporate apology to all <laughs> former, volunteers, all former volunteers, leaders in our ministries, like hundreds of people where they showed up and it was, they, Hey, what are we doing today, Charlie? All, we're going to love the kids. Let's do this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be best ever. It'll be great. Just jump in, say, you know, jump in, let's do this thing. Not everybody has that gift to do that. They need spe sometimes specifically give me something, give me an assignment, help me out here. And by understanding their gifts and talents and their love language, some people don't want to jump in, you know, in the middle of some event, you know, some activity. They, they want to make sure that all of the forms are signed out completely, mm. that the food is ready, mm -hmm. that, we used to call and who's in charge of these different things? Yeah. So we had this one guy, we just called him Mr. OSHA, Mr. Risk Management. Because <laughs> he thought about all the detail oh, stuff. And just wanted to walk around and just, you know, make sure, you know, everything was you know, just right. Just right. The doors were closed. This was happening. Nobody, everything was fine. I had this, this incredible game. I mean, we had these pitching machines. You know, and all this athletic equipment mm -hmm. at this church I was at, you know, and they had school connected to it. I thought I was going to do this incredible, incredible, like, obstacle course, you know. And, and part of it is they had to, to get from point A to point B. You know, I'm talking about those game shows and those big. So I, I did these pitching machines with these wiffle balls. Yes. And those things, you know, I had that thing cranked up. <laughs> and those bad boys were spinning. And what we would do is we'd... we'd Every student who would get who wanted you know to be a part of this, we'd make them wear the catch a catcher's mask and like you know the catcher's like yes you know the gear all the, the gear. gear yeah face does, mask yeah uh, it doesn't mean that their arms are I mean and these balls are whizzing flying you know and leaving marks management. <laughs> yeah it's like you know and then we got other people throwing so as they're going through you got these wiffle balls and then you got other people on the side they're throwing like you know, dodge balls at them, <laughs> you know, and, and the kids were loving it, but Mr. Mr. Risk Management, yeah, you know, it's like, Hey, let's turn that down. <laughs> right. It's leaving marks. Yeah. Welts. Yes. <laughs> you know, and he was hundred percent right. Yes. It was, was it, you need people that are, and instead of me saying, man, you're an idiot. What's wrong with you? I mean, you're killing it. It's like, yeah, that's probably right. You're right. Yeah. And oh, we know good. there's people that will come and go that, you know, don't like anything that you do. They mm -hmm, hate your guts. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't, they despise the fact that you were born. I mean, that might happen. All right. That, that is, that's happened. We mm -hmm. know that. Yeah. We've that, all had people like that. That's another podcast. <laughs> How to deal with that. hundred percent. But it's like with your volunteers, again, if, if you are clear and concise in the way you communicate both in written and vote, you know, in the, in the verbal word, verbal, your ministry and calendar will become their calendar. Mm -hmm. And, and the ministry that you love and care about the volunteers will, mm -hmm. will, will love it as well. It'll become their ministry. Yeah. And it's something that's just, I think 
super easy. Like, how does this play out? I, you know, we had a, uh, we had a volunteers meeting every month. And part of that was to just celebrate the wins. Part of that was food to socialize, build relationships. Part of that was, you know, doing something fun and stupid together because that's part of building relationships. And part of that was almost like a business meeting in which, okay, here are the things coming up. Here are things that are coming up a year from now, nine months from now, six months from now, three months from now, and divvying up those responsibilities. So everybody knew way in advance what their responsibilities were and, and, and what their role was and who was going to be at those events and who wasn't and who had the responsibilities for the food, right? Or the ocean management or the sign-up sheets or the vans or the, I mean, you can fill in the blank of all the different responsibilities that need to get done. And the more they participate in the process and in the hands-on ministry and in the small groups and in the spiritual conversations and all that. And sometimes people are like, I just want to do the details behind the scenes, the stuff behind the scenes. That's just a win-win for everybody. And we'll say to everybody, we're only as good with this as we are today. We can't go back and say, well, you know, in 2012, that was a good year of communication. <laughs> I mean, today, we got to figure it out. In 2022. Yep. Tomorrow, today, we have, we have to take all this and put it into action. Mm-hmm. And there's probably people in our lives in our ministry right now it's like, hey, you need to practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're right. That's, yeah, I agree. 100%. Charlie, thank you for uh, diving a little bit deeper with communication. We only got through three of the top 10. So we're going to have to have a podcast number three regarding communication. We'll go through number four through 10 next week. But uh, we appreciate you all um, checking in with us today. Thanks again, Charlie. Appreciate it. Boom. And boom. Boom.